New stars coming at you with a brand new Spanking Podcast. The Track Star interns are here today to debate with you all of your new sports news. But before we get started, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Jamik, your host. I'm JD. I'm Matt Wright. Boy Lee Thomas. And today we have news that Buccaneers QB Jameis Winston may be suspended for the alleged incident involving an Arizona Uber driver. He was said to have behaved poorly and spewed out racial slurs at the uh, Uber driver. And how do you guys feel about that? I'll go first on this one. This is Lee Thomas speaking. Um, I don't know. Um, I feel like sometimes it could be a bit of, like, over-exaggerating, but I feel like while the Uber driver lied about that, um, I don't know if the Uber if the Uber ride was in Florida or I don't know if she knew exactly who was in the car with her, knowing that he's Jimmy Swinton and that he's a professional football player. Um, but I feel like, you know, he kind of got, you know, he kind of got that coming to him. I don't think any, I don't think any Uber driver would lie. I mean, there there have been some cases of Uber drivers lying, you know, or over exaggerating, like you know, certain situations that have to take place with certain athletes and you know, celebrities. Um, but I feel like you know he needs to. I feel like he's getting you know his rightful justice with that. He should get suspended. Um, no more, no more than three games, honestly. I mean, because like that's going to be a huge blow to the um to the Buccaneers. But I think two, three games, honestly. This isn't anything that's major, so I don't want some people just gassing it up. I mean, I'm not a fan of Jameis Winston, but I mean, he shouldn't he shouldn't get like the like the hammer, you know, pretty much. I mean, he's not he shouldn't get like suspended for like too long. But I honestly think he should get suspended. That's my that's my take on that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, a bad look for somebody who already has one of the poorer reputations in the NFL. Um, I mean, there's just a lot in this report uh, from the homophobic slurs behaving poorly um and i i don't know if this is an unrelated incident but there um i believe he also got accused of um some sort of sexual harassment um with the female uber driver um and the i mean the bucks really got to figure out what they want to do here with the quarterback they drafted thinking that he would be their new franchise quarterback because he seems to be consistently running into trouble and just really almost, it seems like he's going out of his way to create negative headlines exactly. for himself. And so, exactly. I mean, this is something where they really need to take a hard look. Even if the suspension is only for one, two, or three games, they need to maybe have a process even longer than that to really try and figure out what they can do to help Jameis stop making all these wrong decisions. And and before we keep going, I just want to give a and before we keep going, I just want to give a full complete list of what he's exactly accused of because it's just it's not just the homophobic slurs or the behaving poorly. He's actually like JD said, accused of reaching over and grabbing the Arizona Uber driver female's crotch while they were in the drive-through. So if that's the case, the three game and this was suspicion that people thought he was going to get might be boosted up to six games because anything involving any type of sexual harassment in the NFL is worth six games. So Matt, how do you feel about that? Well, I think we got to wait for some more details on the story. Um, it seems like a lot of things put all together. You know, there's slurs, there's potential harassment. Um, you know, I think it's pretty early in the case, but things like this happen a lot in the NFL, and the NFL seems to almost sweep it under the rug. I don't think he'll face as big of a suspension as he probably should. But, again, like Tampa Bay, We'll probably have to look elsewhere, maybe try to draft a quarterback or maybe even make a move in the off season because this is not a good look for them. Um, yeah, I mean, I just hope the NFL can react appropriately in a situation like this 
as now, they have things. sometimes failed before. There's two things that I want to say. Number one, why is it important that NFL players be suspended for conduct that's not anything to do with on the field? Like, why does it matter that they get in trouble outside of football when their job specifically is to play football? This has nothing to do with their career capacity. And let's say if you were in any other occupation, the things that you do outside of the workplace beyond bringing shame onto the actual workplace in the form of maybe posting something on social media or something along those lines, why does it matter that these guys are getting in trouble for something that has nothing to do with football? Do you agree with it or do you not? Let's start off with J.D. first. So my response to that would be I think that you do need to suspend players for off-the-field conduct if it warrants it. Um, it they, you're right, in other workplaces, if you're to you go out and commit a crime and somehow weren't able, that wasn't able to affect your job in any way at all, there's a chance you may not get fired and a chance you're able to not let your coworkers and um, bosses find out about it somehow. But in the case of Jameis Winston, he's a public figure, and he represents the team that he's on. So unfortunately, he's not always – at this point, when you're a professional athlete or anybody in the spotlight like he is, you're no longer just yourself. You're part of the team, the, the band, you know, um, TV series, you know, whatever the case may be. You represent that organization that you're working with. And so it taints the brand. It makes the NFL look bad. And it could cost them money. There could be people who just don't want to support the Tampa Bay Bucks or Jameis Winston or the whole entire NFL because of incidents like this. So I think they – do need to have some sort of punishment, but I think a larger issue would be what can they do that's proactive? Why does the NFL keep having these sort of problems that are, seem to be unique to the NFL? You don't hear these kind of storylines from the NBA or the MLB or MLS or NHL nearly as much, I feel like, as you do with the um, NHL. So I think they need to start being more proactive in figuring out what they can do to stop their players from making such horrible, horrible decisions. Lee, how do you feel about that? Also, yeah, um, I feel like I agree with that, but I feel like NFL sometimes it can be a bit picky and choosy, honestly, when it comes to who they want to spend and like the the mm-hmm. like, like the amount of their of their suspension. Now, sure. as you guys may know, I'm a Cowboys fan. If you guys do not know, and I I hate I hate the fact that the Cowboys get involved with so much stuff like I don't know I don't touch Jerry Jones and him, you know, like he was loving money. But let's say for example guys, I'm gonna take this like to like this is uh, this is like to the right just a little bit. I mean to the left just a little bit. Say for example, if that was Dak Prescott that did that, do you think it'd be a different punishment? Honestly. What? <laughs> we have another case of a Cowboys fan trying to make an argument about himself and his team. Not really. But no, I, no. I'm not making. I don't, I'm not making an argument about this. I'm, I'm making an argument about this. I'm being. I'm being honest with you. I'm being. I'm being dead honest with you right now. Um, if he got trouble for that, how do you think he'd be different? Do you think he'd be different like like different accused? I think he would. Do you guys? If he was on the Cowboys. Or, no. If Dak Prescott did the exact same thing that James Winston did, do you think? Do you think that do you think, do you think that gets the same punishment or different? Matt and JD, is Tampa Bay anywhere near close to Dallas? What what is, what is going on? Dallas fans baffle me by this type of stuff. Important. I, I don't. Now there's two ways that I think you can interpret this. So um, let me know which angle you're trying to go with. Are you implying that 
somebody in a bigger market like Dallas would get in more trouble? Or are you saying that since Jameis Winston has a history of these things, his punishment will be greater than someone who hasn't had a problem before? I'm just saying the market pretty much, like being on the Dallas Cowboys pretty much, it's, it's pretty much just sounds like, okay. a, like a huge growing light on you because if you look at Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, my dude, they have like TMZ. TMZ just loves just finding anything. Like I saw something on TMZ, they said, oh, my boy, my boy, my boy has, has like on a Supreme bag, like, like man bag. I'm like, bro, like, and it just seems to be all nothing but Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott, like they just love, he's my dude. Like they love, like, like they just love it for some reason. Like they just love it. I mean, you don't see all the running back. You don't see Odell Beckham. I mean, say you may see Odell every now and then. You may see maybe, um, maybe like who? Who else? Like Tom Brady, like or, or something like that on there. But you always see Ezekiel Elliott or somebody with the Cowboys. My dude, oh Ezekiel Elliott was on the yacht with no uh, with no life vest. Like it's like it's, it's like small things. Like they can't get my dude. Like my dude can't even fart pretty much. And like, like they just what? Like no. I I do. And there has, there has to be a reason behind that. There has to be a reason behind. It. Like there has to be. I the I get what you're saying, and I agree with you that a bigger just that a bigger media market draws more media. It's just there. Yeah. It's more relevant. More people are going to know about the Dallas Cowboys roster than the Tampa Bay Bucks. So it does bring more attention when somebody on that team does anything, which I do think is unfair. Um, but it's just the way that it is. But in terms of the punishment. That's something that is controllable and should be fair. You're never it, you can, the NFL can't control what gets talked about in the media um, all that much, but they can control the fairness within their own organization. Um, but I, I honestly don't know if the punishment would be any different if it were Dak Prescott um, facing similar charges. Um, well, my my question now would be to Matt: Do you feel like the punishments, as far as these types of crimes go? As you know, obviously these aren't legal crimes, but they're breaking of the NFL policy and the agreement that the NFL has with players. So do you think that that breach in contract is kind of dictated and supervised correctly and on the same level all across the board? Like, do you believe that the punishments are handed out evenly? Or do you think that certain players in certain cities get bigger punishments than other players because of their notoriety or whatever the case may be, Matt? No, um, I mean, to start off, he is the face of the brand, not the the quarterback is the face of a team, not the coach, not the owner, whatever. Um, yeah. He's the biggest mm-hmm. part of the organization. Right. Do I think right certain that. players get, you know, suspended and get punishments over others? I believe so. I mean, I think players that have big histories, a lot of the times will sometimes get it a little worse. But across the board, across cities, I don't really think the NFL discriminates in that way, um, but I definitely feel that they do for individual cases. I think that Tom Brady is the best case of that happening in any of the NFL cases with this stuff ever. I believe that, you know, him being suspended four games with the deflate game when they didn't hand out any type of uh, discipline to the coaches or anything like that, to me it shows that it is kind of a bias presented there. I think that you look at something like the Saints with Bounty Gate, when afterward, when they really saw that, hey, this is, really against that policy, they fired everybody. Everybody got suspended. Everybody got fined. Everybody got some type of recommendation from the commissioner of that time. So I, I, th- I think that it really does – we live in such a social media 
enable time that a lot of times when people cry out for certain players to be suspended, I think that the commissioner does think about that and take that into consideration. I think uh, I look at the Josh Brown situation, the kicker for the New York Giants that, you know, was came to the training facility and practice he's drunk. And his wife was telling the team that, you know, he, she was getting beat and things of that nature. And Giants administration still covered up Josh Brown's, you know, um, horrors for a while until it got to, to the point where people started to speak out about it. And then that's when he got suspended and got cut and things of that nature. So I do think that it does go according to kind of like the public outcry. But I think a lot of it has to also do with them just not wanting a backlash on what could already be seen as declining ratings or whatever the case may be. Now, I will say this, though. As far as Jameis Winston and the Bucks are specifically concerned, do you all think that Jameis Winston is not kind of the central focus of the Bucks' offense? Because they do have Ryan Fitzpatrick as, as a backup quarterback, and I think that he's adequate enough to serve four games now. That's where Jameis Winston gets suspended. I think that there's even a real possibility that Ryan Fitzpatrick could take over for Jameis Winston if he plays well enough within those four, first four games. Might I say that the Bucks do have an upcoming defense that I think can kind of, you know, help the offense to where Ryan Fitzpatrick really only needs to get out a couple of the big plays in order to win games. So how do you guys feel about that? Let's start with uh, J.D. I think it's definitely possible that Fitzpatrick has a chance of taking over the starters role past um, any sort of suspension if one gets handed down to Winston like we assume. Um, (coughs) I think, I mean, at at this point, I don't know how you as a franchise are able to keep going with Winston. I think depending on how, obviously these are just allegations. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday. So these are all just the rumors going around right now. Nothing has been um, 100% confirmed on these reports. But if they're all true, um, it's going to be really hard for the Bucks to be able to find a way to have uh, Winston be the starting quarterback for the team and fans be okay with it. So I think that they really need to think about uh, Fitzpatrick as not just a short-term but a long-term. Well, I guess not long-term. He's getting pretty up there. So I guess a short-term answer for this Winston problem um, as they try and figure out a way um, to handle this situation. Matt, do you feel similar? Uh, Well, I think Fitzpatrick, you know, he may be able to cover for a couple games. But in reality, I don't think anyone realistically thinks the Bucks will have even a winning record. So, yeah. you know, yeah. if they have to right fit in Ryan Fitzpatrick for the season and try to draft a quarterback, I mean, it is what it is. Now, mind you, we're only two years removed from Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2015. He threw uh, 31 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. That's not too bad. He was only two years ago that he did that, you know, with uh, with uh, the Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker and all those guys on that team. So, in knowing that and knowing that he's capable of having a crazy season like that, in which, you know, he, he threw in that one season more uh, TDs than Winston's done in his whole career as far as, you know, right now, if you're talking about single-season uh, single uh, numbers, so I, I think that if Ryan Fitzpatrick gets going and he, he kind of seizes the moment and he's, you know, enabled by the chance and the opportunity, then he'll be okay. But I think that if not, then we're going to see Winston right back on the helm. Only because Winston was such a high draft pick. I don't think the Buccaneers financially are in the position of where they can forego such a high draft pick because of, you know, his, his off-the-field mess, to be honest. Lee, how do you feel? Um, Honestly, man, I, like I really don't know how, like, I don't want to handle it honestly. I mean, I don't think I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick or is 
I don't think he's the he's a long term fix. He may be the temporary fix, but I don't think he's a long term fix. And I think by by them we gotta see how like see how this plays out honestly because we don't really know how it's gonna play out and who's gonna how long like suspension is gonna be. But let's just say like let's say like let's just say the suspension is, is like three, four games. Let's just say it's just four games. Um Brian Schumacher comes in, you know, he gets them, he gets them to what is it? What is that? Um, four or two and two and two. They're two and two. They're pretty much a blank slate. And I'm asking a question for everybody. Let's just say, you know, he comes in, um, with his out for two uh, for four games. He pretty much brings the Bucks two and two. Is that good enough for him? But I feel like that just depends. Honestly, he has to he has to take them at least four and zero or three and one. A positive winning record for him to even be the starting quarterback moving forward. Because if it's if if it's, if it's two and two or anything like that or anything bad like that, it's pretty much over pretty much from it. If it's like a one and three, a two and two, it's pretty much it's pretty much in the books for him. They'll just put Winston back in. So I'm just asking you guys that question honestly. I mean me I mean, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, if he if it's two and two or worse, do you think he still has it? Or even like or like no matter what he's he's gonna be like starting quarterback. That depends. I feel like like it just depends like on the winning record, honestly. And I think, it, I think eventually they're going to have to try and find a way to integrate Winston back in the starting role um, after the suspension because I don't think you can really um, get away from him. Like, on your, you know, like you have him there as your quarterback, and even yeah. with the, all these allegations, it's not like they're going to be able to trade him anywhere to, um, if they wanted to just sort of get rid of all the scandal. No one would want to pick that up. Um, and he's how how long ago was he drafted? Is this is this going to be his twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen? I think it's fourth yeah. year. So I mean, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, one of those. Do we know? Um, has he signed an extension off of his rookie deal yet? I'm not for sure. Let me check. Because I mean, if he has, then it's really going to be hard to get uh, rid of rid of him because they have well, so much money tied up into him. Winston was Winston was drafted in 2015. You have four years on a rookie deal, so I don't, I'm not sure if he signed anything. I don't think he did. And uh, I, don't think he I, I think I think uh, uh, Matt. I want to know if you agree with me. I think that what we're looking here is a loaded Bucks team in the sense of they've actually started to make key movements in order to get themselves a team that they like and that they think they can succeed. What I say by that is the. Yeah, yes, yes. The complete extension of Brent Grimes over and over and over to keep him on the team. The drafting Quan Alexander, the drafting of OJ Howard, the uh, the uh, free agent acquisition Peter of Sean Jackson, getting Michael Mike Peter Evans. Bay. Then then the then the D line is uh, of course Vita Bay. They have uh, Vinnie Curry, Bo Allen. They have Jason Pierre Paul. They got him in free agency. They have Gerald McCoy still there. Uh, they have Levante Davis, yeah. their linebacker. So on every on every on every stretch on every instance of the ball, they have a guy there that's decent. Their O line is a little shaky for me, I think, and I think that's why Winston kind of works because he's more of a mobile guy than Fitzpatrick, who's a pocket passer. But I think that what they're seeing here is kind of like a, a line in the sand where it's like, hey, either we want to win with this roster that we have, which is really good on paper, or we don't. And uh, our quarterback is a big part of that. So, like you know, my question to Matt is kind of going to be. Do you think that they have enough just on their roster to just say, hey, we need to go forward with some type of innovative thinking in which, hey, if Fitzpatrick outplays Winston, we're going to roll with him? Or do you think it's just going to be Winston overall? Well, I think for Fitzpatrick to realistically take the starting job from 
uh, Winston, he would have to go 4-0 or maybe a 3-1, and but it would have to be primarily on his shoulders, not close games where, you know, like a pick six wins it or something like that. Um, there's a lot of key players. You, like you said, there's a lot of, you know, beasts. But a lot of those guys are getting old. And for the Bucks, it's kind of like a now or rebuilding season. You know, um, they kind of have to peak soon or they're going to have to rebuild. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, they shouldn't re-sign Winston. I believe they should start Fitzpatrick, but I don't think they will. But, um, yeah, realistically, for Fitzpatrick to take over the spot, I would think he would have to go 3-1-4-0. Um, and that. I think, what do you think once he gets signed again, though? I think, what do you think, what, I think, what do you think once he gets signed ever again? Also, I think the Bucks are also looking at the fact that Winston was drafted number one overall because he got drafted above Mariota, and they're seeing the success that the Titans have seen in Tennessee, and they're kind of comparing themselves to that because I think that that's a big thing that you have to do when you're evaluating these guys that are drafted so high. It's like, okay, if we would have picked the guy that was just one pick underneath them, how well would we have gotten? Because, of course, that goes back to what we talked about, about fan backlash, because people are going to say, hey, we all said get Mariota, and you decided not to, and here we are with Winston, and now look at the situation that we're in. So I think that a lot of that has to go into uh, the consideration for who's going to play QB, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, whether or not Fitzpatrick would start long term. Uh, I don't know what the Bucks' schedule is for the first four games. I do know that um, they almost did peak in 2016 when they had a chance to go to the uh, playoffs as a wild card, but they got beat up by the Cowboys because they gave their uh, – I believe their left tackle went out, and David Irving completely smashed Jameis Winston off of that. So uh, I, I think we've seen – I think we've seen uh, the prowess of the that. team, and we see and we see, we see see where the team could go. But I also think that, uh, you know, we're pretty far removed from that as well. We have to get some type of actual – results from this team this season in order to validate them being a good squad beyond just on paper. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and one, one last point I want to make is that I looked it up in uh, Winston um, earlier this year, picked up um, his fifth, uh, fifth year option off of his Okay, deal. so he did pick up his option. So this is a contract year for him, which now, I mean, the Bucks have even more decisions now to make with this because now they have the option to either bring him back or to let him go into free agency after this year. I mean, depending on just how bad this case gets, I mean, it would not look good to see in the same headline, Jameis Winston found guilty of XX and X. Also, the Buccaneers have agreed to pay him $40 million over the next three years or something, you know? Like, that's just not going to be – that's going to be a really hard move to make, I think, for the front office. So – um, I don't. I don't think this is a storyline that's going to go away anytime soon. I think this is nope. going to be something we're going to be talking about throughout the whole season. Also, are, are definitely facing a lot of fan opposition from this. I think the fact that you know they gave him that fifth-year option that we know about now, uh, the fans are going to look at that and they're just going to maybe even. I, they might even not go to games anymore. If you don't have a quarterback, but you got all that talent, that's annoying to see. It's annoying to see those people on the field. It's kind of like what the Giants did last year. It's annoying to see such a good defense play so poorly because they don't have the pieces in place, and people stop buying tickets. And I think that's when administration and ownership starts to actually take notice. Moving on, we do have the 2018 World Cup, which started June 14th. Uh, you know, we had some very interesting games. The first game that I at least watched myself was the Mexico versus Germany game. And that was interesting to me because you had the defending World Cup champions play a pretty popular team in Mexico. And uh, going into this match, I really thought that Germany, because they haven't lost a lot of opening matches, was, was, was going to win this game. It was, it was, to me, when I looked at this match, it was a, 
uh, pitting of statistics because you have Mexico who have won the last five or six opening matches, and then you have Germany who haven't lost their opening match since 1982. I think that it could go either way, and I uh, thoroughly enjoyed the game. I like the way that it played out, and it, to me it was a defensive match, and I think that that was evident in the scoreboard of 1-0 Mexico. Um, and, Lee, I know you watched the Portugal versus Morocco game. What was your, your take on that? I know Ronaldo is one of your uh, favorite players, so how do you feel about that game as well? And also to add to your Mexico and the Germany game, uh, Mexico hasn't beat Germany in like 70, 50-plus years. Like, they haven't beat them in a very long time. So that was a huge yes, accomplishment yes, yes. for Mexico. Like, they're a really happy man. But they started an earthquake. That's, that's the theory. They started but, an earthquake, but, apparently. Yeah. The last time, the last time Germany lost their opening match, they also went out to the finals that year, in 1982 against Argentina. So I don't know if that's a good omen for them, or however the case may be. But I, 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 I just not. know that Germany's still a good soccer, uh, soccer team. Who do you think could beat them out? What? Portugal? Who do you think could beat them out? Oh my God! Like what? <laughs> uh, I thought you didn't hear me. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, hey, yeah, Ronaldo, Ronaldo's a transcendent. Yeah, Ronaldo's a transcendent oh, player. Man, I really do think. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let you talk about Ronaldo oh, a little bit. I know you're 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 a homer for Ronaldo, so. Yeah, man, my guy went off, and my guy has four goals, man, for the World Cup, all by himself. He pretty much single hand he single handedly beat Spain, man, three goals by himself, and that just says a lot, like about this guy. This guy had three goals by himself. He had a hat trick, man, like like to win it all. Like, come on now, like this guy, he has all the characteristics you're looking for in an elite player. This guy is the goat. He took, bro, fellas, if you. Ladies, if you listen to this, he is elite. He is the definition of soccer. When I watch, he's the reason I actually started liking soccer. Because at first, I didn't even like soccer until about two, three years ago. I started watching soccer, and I saw him. And that's why I like Real Madrid. That's why I'm a fan of Real Madrid, because of Rolando. But he pretty much beat Spain. It was it was 3-3, three and three, you know, but the, but the hat trick, you know, and some, and some flags, of course, you know, got the, you know, got um Portugal, the victory. And then he goes on to play Morocco, where he went off. They had another goal. Being Morocco, they, they didn't score anything. He's still much carrying his team on his back like, like LeBron could kind of allow, man. So when I watch soccer, man, I get excited, man, because I see Orlando, and this guy balls out. And he's also going to go team, man. Going some shit at Messi. <laughs> Messi's not the GOAT, man. Orlando's the and GOAT. Then, obviously, like, I think we can all agree that Ronaldo is one of the greatest soccer players that we've ever seen. Oh, yeah, for sure. But sure. is is he going to get gassed out? I mean, he's carried his team through two games, but this is a long tournament. I mean, yeah. and how long he can he end up? When does, when does his team kind of need to start picking up the slack? When he starts playing teams like Germany and stuff like that, it's going to get really tough. I mean, if they get that far, it's going to start getting nasty for him, honestly, because they have a, they have a lot of talent, man. Mexico has a lot of talent as well. Brazil has talent. It's going to start getting really um, – Really, um, really tough. Cause I really don't know Portugal's lineup that well, honestly. I know they have some some good talent on there, you know, but it's not like crazy. Um, cause I'm still learning, you know, like the game myself, but like learning all players, like all teams. But honestly, man, when he gets like when he gets way up there playing those guys, it's gonna get really, really, really hard because you know he's up in age. I think he's 33 years old. Um, he's been in the league for a long time, but you know, at the same time, he got like 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 new guys coming to like like they married coming in. I don't even say his name correctly. His name Mayor, Neymar. Um, you got guys like guys coming in and they're changing the game. Um, so when he plays guys like that, those younger guys is going to be kind of hard, honestly, if they get that far at least. But I think uh, Rolando can really uh, do some do some damage. But 
I don't know, man. He might get gassed, like just like just like like um like LeBron did, honestly. So uh-huh. we'll, and also we'll have to see. And also among amongst the standings in Group B, uh, Portugal is actually not the um, number one team in Group B. It goes Spain yeah, at number not. one, Portugal at number two, Iran at number three, and then Morocco at number four. So I think that when we're talking about Ronaldo getting gas, I think that it, when you're fighting an uphill battle, it's even harder, especially at the age of 33 in soccer where there's a lot of cardio and a lot of precision involved because after a while, you start to get mentally drained. If you watch that game, he was actually – pretty pissed off for a lot of the game. He was kicking stuff, and he, he was angry. He didn't look angry at his teammates, but he was just mad at the amount of effort I think that he had to exert. But he is a great athlete, and he's a, a superstar. So I, I do expect him to get past that and to jump over that hump. But I just don't know for how much longer he can keep doing that. And I don't know if we'll see the uh, kind of like the bottom line for him come out in this tournament. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like if we, if we want to take it off Ronaldo real quick and off of soccer in the World Cup, if we're just talking about superstar dominant guys because Tom Brady just gave an interview with Oprah where he kind of said that the end, the end is kind of near. Now, to me, I feel like Brady just lost his defensive coordinator. Brady just lost Elderman for four games. He lost Amendola in the offseason, those types of things. So I think that a lot of times superstars are being, be, being a little different from when they, you know, what they were in like the 90s per se because they're getting tired now. People are making their money and they want to get out the sport as fast as they can if they have to actually exert that amount of effort that we're used to saying, hey, you know, this megastar gives this his all, the, you know, every game or whatever the case may be. So do you guys think that superstars all across, you know, the border of sports are getting tired of, you know, what are you saying? Because we're seeing a lot of legends threaten to retire. LeBron even is getting older. He's uh, 33, I believe, 33, 34. So even with That's that, do you guys think we're seeing that we're, cha- yeah, we're changing in the topography of sports? Or how do you guys feel about that? Let's start off with Matt. Yeah, so I think it'll be a lot more even. I don't know if it's uh, a timing, but I just don't think it's, you know, the new norm. I just think that a lot of these guys have proven themselves and even some of the people that will shine when they're gone aren't shining as brightly now because they're still there, if that makes sense. I mean, Tom Brady uh, is probably the best quarterback in the league right now, but you may see like a Aaron uh, Rodgers or, or someone. You could debate it. You could debate it, but crazy to some other that. guys come up yeah, yeah, yeah. because of his loss. Undebatable, he's the greatest quarterback ever. But uh, continue. I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just saying uh, some players, I believe, will come up because of, you know, the retirements of the greater all-stars. I don't think this is going to be the new norm. I just think the time and situation currently is what's calling for it. Okay. Okay. So, and, you and don't also, think – and also where team goes as well, like also where teams goes. Not trying to like cut off anybody, but kind of how teams, you know, like are like setting themselves up. You know, um, they didn't, you know, he left, you know, Real Madrid because you know he felt like he was getting old and the team was, you know, like getting young. So sometimes that's just how it's set up. Like you were saying, Matt, this is how you're saying. Um, this is just sometimes like like how the team is set up. It's not necessarily like like the new norm. It's just how like how the team is set up. You know, like like where the team is going. So yeah. I feel, I feel, I feel as though. Superstars today, like superstars in the same caliber as people like Messi, Brady, uh, LeBron, that kind of thing, I think they're getting tired with the fact that their administration on their teams are not helping them. A lot of these guys are like, yo, I have absolutely zero help out here, and you guys just want to be a Superman every single game, and I'm getting tired of it. And then on top, and on top of that, they're getting endorsement deals from other places, so they don't need their money to come from that sport. 
So I think a lot of it is the exactly. frustration with the fact that people feel like they can shortchange superstars nowadays and don't have to get them help, and they're, you know, taxing them and putting, you know, more extra years on their bodies. You know, we just went from Brady, if we want to talk about him again, talking about he's going to play, you know, another six, seven years to literally, hey, I, this might be over in two, three years. I talked to my wife, and she told me it's time to hang him up. So how do you feel about that, J.D.? Do you think that a lot of this has to do with the fact that administration wants to get nobody any help, or what do you feel? I mean, there are certainly examples of that, the ones that we've been talking about, uh, Brady and LeBron and um, even Ronaldo in Portugal, although Portugal can't really help who's born there. That's just kind of the luck that they get with their players. Um, I do think that um, it is tiresome. Uh, Stephen A. Smith just this morning was talking about how tired LeBron must be not only of playing all these games and losing, but losing to the same team over and over again. Um, and so I think that um, we are going to – I mean, it's close to the end. We're closer to the end of a lot of these players' careers than the start. It's kind of weird. Um, people our age in the high teens and low 20s, this was kind of our first generation of stars. You know, the Lebr- uh, LeBrons, the Tom Bradys, the Ronaldos. You know, they, they, we've no, known I them say as the premiere of their league. I mean, Steph's getting old, man. He's getting I wouldn't say Steph just because I don't feel like anybody our age grew up with Steph. Like, nobody like, – exactly. that was kind of more of a that's, a – that's more recent thing. Nobody grew up with him. Like, we, we grew up watching, the you know, Tracy McGrady's and, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I don't think Steph is a part of that. Exactly. I mean, so, like, he was, but he didn't – But he didn't grow up with Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Like, all these people that we watch as children are now almost gone. Like, we've seen T-Mac already. He's already on ESPN. He's moved on to the next thing in his life. Um, and it's not Michael Vick, T-Mac, Vince Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just not Paul Pierce at the end of an era. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that it's very weird to think about sports in terms of all your favorite superstars that you grew up with, that you played on, you know, PS1 with and things of that nature being gone. Yeah. I think that a lot of these guys in the next coming maybe four or five years, they're not going to be in the league anymore. They're going to be talking about these guys the same way our fathers and the people around us who are older talk about their generation superstars. Mm-hmm. Like, people yeah. who actually got to see O.J. Simpson run the football. People who actually got to see Hakeem Olajuwon do his thing and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar do the skyhook. People who got to see Will Chamberlain play. I think that we're going to start becoming those guys when, you know, guys will start to uh, retire more. But I do want to bring this point up. Do you, in the age of social media where we have so much film on these guys and everything's so readily accessible, do you think it's going to be the same thing in the sense of when we grew up, we really didn't have access to, like, Earl Campbell games and Clyde Drexler games and that kind of thing and Jerry West games? Do you think it's going to be the same thing for the generation under us just because of the fact that they have social media and they can literally go on YouTube and watch LeBron play? And I'll, I'll, give, that, I'll give that question to Matt. Yeah, I think it will definitely be different. Um, maybe the gap will be lessened because of it, but I still think that because they're not hearing it constantly day in, day out, you know, even like their social media feeds, LeBron won't be coming up like he does now for us and like for people our age. Um, it will definitely be different and the gap maybe less, but I still think it will be the same. We'll be – talking about the LeBrons and the Kobe's while they're talking about, you know, the next, the next generation of players. All right. Well, 
hopefully guys will still be around so that, you know, our kids can see them play and that they have a chance to see some of the greatness that we witnessed. I see a lot of what I was just talking about happening with Kobe. A lot of people, uh, you know, coming into their, I, I would say, a lot of people coming to basketball knowledge nowadays as young kids, and a lot of them don't, you know, have never seen a Kobe game live. So just thinking about that to me is just crazy, and I think that that's, you know, just a sign of the changing times and the fact that the boxing of sports is kind of flip-flopping on us. Speaking of basketball, we have the NBA draft coming up on June 21st. Mm-hmm. The Phoenix Suns, the Sacramento Kings, and the Atlanta Hawks hold the first three picks respectively. So we just want to give a rundown of what we think our first three picks in the NBA draft for 2018 will be. Speaking of that, we have the NBA draft coming up on June 21st. The Phoenix Suns, Sacramento Kings, and Atlanta Hawks have the first three picks respectively. So we're going to go down and give you guys a rundown of our first three picks and who we think they'll be. And let's start off with J.D. for that first. So, number one, going to the Phoenix Suns, um, I have the freshman center from Arizona, DeAndre Ayton, um, staying in Arizona, playing for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he's seven feet tall, 243 pounds, um, and is just finishing, just finished his freshman year of college. Um, so he's going to keep growing. His size is very comparable uh, to Shaq when he first came out of LSU. Um, I don't think that we necessarily have um, if he's going to live up to Shaq's height, but I do think he'll get that same sort of physical, um, uh, the ability to impose physically on the offensive end, and he has the athletic and uh, ability in the frame to become a good defensive player. It was something that he lacked in the college game, um, but really it's just a matter of learning. He has all the skills available. He just needs to get his mind right and understand rotations and where to be on the floor on a defensive set. I think he'll be good to pair up with Devin Booker, and he's the most, I think, ready right now to contribute to a team. And considering Devin Booker is already getting really tired of being Phoenix Sun and wants to start winning, they need to put together pieces very soon um, if they don't want to lose him in free agency down the road. Uh, My number two pick uh, to the Sacramento Kings, uh, the Duke power forward, Marvin Bagley III, um, he has a great post presence on the offensive end, um, uh, crashes the glass really well. Um, I think that he'd be a good pairing mate to the backcourt of De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. Um, so that's why I have the Kings going with the number two. And at three, uh, I have the Hawks going with Jaron Jackson um, out of Michigan State. Um, he's a four who can shoot threes, play defense, Uh, He's the modern foreman that you want in the NBA. Um, I think that there's a chance that uh, there are reports saying that Dennis Schroeder might be traded away from the Hawks before the draft tomorrow. Um, If that's the case, I think it's certainly possible. Yeah, they open him up for trade. Yeah, if they do do end up doing that and finding a way to get rid of him, I think it's possible that they take Luka Doncic um, out of Real Madrid um, instead of Jaron Jackson. But if they plan on having – uh, Schroeder is the point guard of the future. I think Jaron Jackson would be a good pair for him with the number three pick. All right, and Matt, how do you feel about that? My personal take on that is I feel like Michael Porter Jr. is kind of not being talked about as uh, as far as being the number two pick or the number one pick just because of uh, the back surgery that he went through. I think people are discounting, on, they're discounting him and putting Marvin uh, back the third over him because of that back surgery, and they're just kind of not – really privy to drafting the big guy, a tall guy at 6'11", who was kind of skinny at 2'11", and weight mm-hmm. uh, with back problems. How do you feel about that, Matt? No, honestly, Michael Porter Jr., uh, I do not 
trust. I mean, the fact that he sat almost his entire freshman year really worries me. Uh, he's canceled some workouts with some teams as well. So to pick him this high is just something that, you know, I'm, I would be nervous about if I was one of these teams. I don't think I would touch him. Um, I agree with J.D. for the first two. For the third, I think the Hawks are going to switch it up and grab Mo Bamba just because why not? Okay. Um, they could use a big man, and he can fill that role very well. So uh, I don't see Michael Porter Jr. going to the top three, or at least I hope to not see him going in the top three. Um, who knows, but we'll just have to wait and see for tomorrow. All right. Uh, one of my biggest problems with this year's draft is I feel like there's a lot of one and done. A lot of these guys are college freshmen. USA Today actually has a um, projection, a mock draft, for, uh, you know, who they think is going to go where. And at the first 10 picks, I think all but two start, two guys are uh, freshmen. And I think that's, you know, when you're picking freshmen off the of size and off of their ability to um, just be big and kind of tower over people, because a lot of these guys are, aren't, they're not guards, they're more fours and fives, so they're just big guys. I think that they're sorely uh, not preparing them for the NBA because they're lacking basketball IQ. You're not giving these chances, you know, you're not giving these kids a chance to actually go through uh, college and kind of learn systems and learn schemes and learn zoning and things of that nature because you're just drafting them straight out of their first year because of their size. And I think that's, that's going to be a problem that we see with people. Uh, me personally, also, I'm a big fan of Trey Young. I feel like, you know, out of Oklahoma, I think his game is electrifying. I feel like his three-point ball is something that's, you know, kind of, I, that, that 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 is something that's so pivotal for uh, guards nowadays because of the, you know Steph Curry's and Klay Thompson of the world. I think a lot of people are looking at shooting ability. I think with Markel Falls, he kind of pushed that envelope back a little bit because of the uh, problems that he had with the 76ers involving his shooting form. So I feel like uh, a lot of guys are kind of like steering away from people like Trey Young who are shooters because they feel like you know, anything could go wrong, especially when they're freshmen, like I just stated. But I do think that it's funny to kind of see Trey Young drop so low when at one point he was the number one, you know, pick unanimously over the um, NBA stratosphere. So, Lee, how do you feel about that? Who are your first three picks? Um, Honestly, man, I, like, I really don't know, bro. Like, I'm trying to get up on – I don't even, bro, like, bro, like, I really don't follow basketball like that, honestly. Like, I, I like it, but I really don't even know who to, who to pick, honestly. So, uh, I mean, so uh, guys, do you want me to just uh, – because I, I could, we can end that segment on kind of my, like, little, you know, wrap-up about Trey but Young. Answer that, but I do want to answer that, though. But I do want to answer this, though. Honestly, this is like, like another topic. What are you going to say? Talk so about. I can lead into it. So, um, with, with Leangelo Bell, I mean, Ball, mess it up. Leangelo Ball, man, where do you think he goes, man? Do you, honestly, like, where do you think he goes in this draft? No. Oh, wow. Yeah. I – I don't see him um, getting drafted. I think there's a chance that teams offer him a spot on a summer league roster just to try him out. Um, he mm. was actually drafted um, by the Washington Generals this past week, who, if you don't know, are the team that the Harlem Globetrotters play and have played for the past 50 years <laughs> and beaten them every single time. So <laughs> actually their dad, LeVar, was also drafted by them but he hasn't played a game. I really don't understand how that draft works. It sounds like they just pick random people to come play on their team. Um, but I really don't see him um, getting drafted um, first or second round. But it certainly won't be the end of his basketball career. Someone's going to give him a look in summer league. you got to imagine the Lakers will try and get him in just to sell tickets, if nothing else. 
Um, so, but I don't see his name being called on draft night. Off of what precedent, I mean, well, off of what rating system are we saying that he's not a good player? Because for me, I, I feel terrible. like prototypical. Yeah, I feel for me, he's prototypical size, he's 6'5", 215. You know, uh, he does have some type of prestige to his name, averaging the most, you know, the most points in, um, I believe, Keno Hill's history with 33.8. I, I think that his kind of, his polarizing media personality, the polarizing media personality of his father is kind of what got to him because after they saw that uh, Lonzo wasn't, you know, everything he was cracked up to be and he needed some time to kind of grow, they, I think everybody's kind of withdrawn from the ball family because they're not as advertised, to be honest. And I think that that's kind of hurting his brothers who might even be better than him at times. But even with Lonzo, even though he wasn't as advertised when he came into the league, you could see the progression that he uh, was undergoing as, you know, the season went on. I think he became better as the season went on. But I don't think that the way LeVar Ball is presenting them that people are even going to give them that chance. And that's kind of my problem with the situation because I do think that some of these kids could, you know, crack. They could come out and be better, you know, basketball players than we think they could be. But their fathers, you know, trotting them out there like they're all-stars already. So, Matt, how do you feel about that? Um, I really don't like LiAngelo as a player. Um, most of his highlights, if you really watch them, are just putbacks. That's not really going to fly in the NBA. So, you know, I don't really think a team will really go on him. Um, like you said, their family draws a lot of negative media attention. Uh, that's also not a good look. I mean, we were talking about Jameis Winston, about how the negative media can potentially affect his suspension, you know. So it definitely has a bearing in these leagues. And why would a team go on him when they know they can go on a safer pick with, you know, less of a story behind them. Yeah, and I think that a team, I don't think teams are going to feel pressured. I think everybody, it's kind of consensus and has been for quite some time that no one's actually taking him serious as a draft pick. But he's yeah. not get, not get a shot. He's going to play in the well, summer it, league somewhere and will have a chance to prove himself. So it's really up to him to earn a roster spot. He's not, I mean, he won't get picked in the draft. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to be given a shot to show that he deserves to play in the NBA. And I, think, I do agree that okay. um, he is underrated maybe. And I think it's because he's the middle child. Lonzo obviously was the first one to go pro. Um, and then LaMelo is the youngest. Um, so they focus on him a lot more as the youngest kid. So I do think he gets kind of forgotten about and is maybe um, underrated. But I think even his earned rating isn't exactly NBA caliber ready just yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good summer league and somebody signs him to a, a two-way contract giving him games both in the NBA and the G League. I think so let me ask you know, one, one, one thing that we're not actually talking about here is also is the fact that, uh, you know, the problem with Angelo is the fact that he never played a college game. He played one preseason game in which he went four for eight before 11 points. And then after that, you know, uh, he, he withdrew from UCLA and went overseas. But the th- the big thing for them – Yeah, 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 he got caught stealing. That was the big thing, the Shanghai shoplifting incident. That was kind of like, to me, that gave up char- that gave up character concerns for a three-star recruit coming out of high school with no – you know, with no actual college basketball underneath his belt. And that's just not a recipe for success. That's not a recipe for somebody who goes in the first round. So I think that that's kind of like what's putting him in his box and that's not really helping him in the situation at all. Lee, what were you saying? But let me say this. But let me, but let me say this. What about the younger brother, Lamelo? What do you think happens with him, man? Do you think he has a chance to make it to the NBA? I think he does. 
He does, but it's so far out. It's, I mean, there are a lot I of mean, kids who are good in he, high school. If he, if he continues, you know, like the path that he's doing, you know, he hasn't really had trouble like the other brothers have. Well, Leandro, um, like Leandro, I should say. Um, if he if he decides to go to college, and I don't know if it's that, um, I don't know if it's that Lavar said he's not going to college, but I'm with the um, LA uh, Ballers right now. Um, do you think he has a chance? I mean, if he continues, you know, like like doing what he's doing, do you think he goes to college? I mean, if, let's say he goes there to college are, at UCLA or something. I think there are a couple X, X factors that are really going to determine the career of Lamelo. I think Lonzo got really lucky being the oldest and kind of got a. He was playing well at UCLA before all the antics of Lavar started up. Um, yes. So I think Lamelo number one. He definitely. I mean, we don't know how he's going to grow. His brothers are nice and big and good NBA size, but being his age, it's still hard to completely tell how tall he's going to get and how he's going to be able to add on the muscle necessary to play at the next level. And number two, his father started a new basketball league, I think the JBL, the Junior Basketball League, that is supposed to be a replacement for the NCAA. And so if LaMelo stays in that, and that's what he does instead of college, I think that's drastically going to hurt any chance that he has playing at the next level because I don't see that taking off and getting the kind of talent that would – prepare players to play in the NBA. So you think so you think with him going to college is his best option for him to get like in the first round or even get drafted at all in the NBA? Yeah, I mean I can't I can't imagine a scenario unless he goes back overseas for some reason, I think it would even be better than playing in the JBL. Um I think but I do think college would be the best bet and I would assume it would be UCLA um just based off of their history. Well, I don't I think, think he uh, would be able to go back. Yeah. I mean, he was he was um, committed to them and then dropped out with no notice. I mean, they, they definitely have a bad taste in their mouth with the Ball family. I mean, any coach would think, you know, a, a question of character if he really wants to play for UCLA or not. I think he would have to go to a USC or potentially any other school. I mean, I don't any know. Coach. I don't know where he would have to go. Any coach wait, 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 wait. But I promise you, any athletic director would be thrilled to have another ball wait, come to their t- school. Time out. I, I think, I think, well, first and foremost, a couple points. Uh, LaMelo actually does play for the JBA, and uh, he's on Los, Los Angeles Ballers team. And the, yeah, point, uh, the, yeah, and the big thing for the JBA is the fact that they pay their players, and then once you receive compensation for playing basketball, you can't play college basketball per NCAA rules. So you actually can't go to um, college basketball. I mean, you can't go to college for basketball at least. And uh, I, I think I think when it comes to Lamelo, I don't think anybody knows how good he is right now. If you're six five and at the age of sixteen and you're a point guard, you're just gonna dominate everybody. You know, I, he did have a good game against Zion Williams, who I do like. But at the same time, I, I really do feel like you know that's something that's gonna have to grow. I wish we could have saw him in the college capacity when he got older to actually evaluate his talent with other people around you know the world and around the country. But uh, I, I think that when you're six five and sixteen, you're not gonna be pay, playing up the competition just based on size. And I think. You know, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, you're just going to dribble past everybody. You're put in a position as a point guard where you get the ball on every play, and, you know, if you have a jump shot or anything that's at least a little bit confident, you'll be fine. So I think that that's going to be a problem for the medical people. The problem with them is by Lonzo Ball taking them out of, you know, major colleges where they get national playing time, people really don't know what these guys are capable of beyond, you know, just some training footage or whatever the case may be. So with that, nobody is really going to go out on a limb to draft these people 
because they feel like, hey, we don't really know what we're getting. With Lonzo Ball, we had all the UCLA footage on hand, and then we had the hype behind it, so it made sense. And then we had Magic Johnson, who's a showman out in Los Angeles, so it all kind of made sense and went together. With these guys and these two younger brothers, we just really don't know. And I think that's a big problem, to, a big cause for concern. But this is the sure. thing, too. If, if um, going back to Lonzo Ball, how do you guys feel about Lonzo Ball if, um, for example, they just – this report came out today saying um, if Lonzo, if um, if LeBron goes to the Lakers, you know Lonzo has to go. I don't know if if I don't know if Kuzma yeah. stays, but honestly, if it was up to me, I'd see if the Spurs, I'd see if the Spurs would trade would trade um, Kawhi to the Lakers, and I take Lonzo, man. I would do something like that. I, I don't think that's a possibility. Do you think that's a possibility? But I don't know. I'll like probably, but I'm curious. I do think that's a possibility. Like, I would take Kuzma. I've seen Kuzman actually as well. Yeah, Kuzma, I mean, pretty much the Lakers have not publicly, but the rumors are that basically everybody is on the table um, if it means uh, acquiring LeBron. Uh, Kawhi. And then they can get LeBron at free agency without even losing anybody. They have the cap space to sign people. It's the trading, giving away assets to bring someone in. Um, and Kawhi has, according to ESPN, just today has said, he has looked at Greg Popovich in the face and said, I don't want to play here anymore. I'm going to L.A. Yep. next year. You can either trade me now or wait for me to walk. So, I mean, I I don't – it's hard because draft day is just tomorrow. Um, and I really don't I think know Lonzo. if San Antonio is going to be able to pull something off in time or the Lakers will. But I do think it's a real possibility that we see a trade – from L.A. and San Antonio, moving Kawhi over there. You're not. And I wouldn't be not, stunned you're not, if it was a piece. You're not. Okay, okay. You're not going to see but who, that happen. But who goes, though? You, 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 but who goes, though? Not or, or Ball? You're not, you're not, not going to see any of that happen, though. This is my thing. This is what you guys got to understand. We're talking about Greg Popovich. Look at the type of rosters Greg Popovich makes. He doesn't make rosters in which you have superstar guys that are loud and about themselves on it. He would not mm. take either Lalonzo or uh, Kuzman because they're both young and they're super, super self-important. These guys have been, you know, people have been critiquing the fact that he they go back and forth. He'd take them and mold them into a man. He'd take them and mold them into a man. What are you, man, you no, talking Popovich, about? Popovich is not going to do Popovich doesn't play no games. Guys. He don't play games <laughs> <and> my <laughs> dude with turn. That's the thing. And, He'll mold also, him to a man, man. Watch what I uh, Lonzo name me one player. Name me one player that he's done that with. Name me one player okay. that before they got Wait, to San Antonio. They go, had, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. This go ahead. is this argument of show me a player that he's changed like that. Lonzo's not that player. Lonzo's a very quiet guy who is a team first, pass first point guard. I think he would fit perfect in the San Antonio system. The problem would be Lavar more than anything else. I don't not think Lonzo. Has a that, character. It would be Levar. It would be Levar. JD, 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 that's completely to me. That's completely wrong. I think that that you know, just because a guy is quiet doesn't mean that he's not self-important. He's just quiet and self-important at the same time. Like I said, a big I do ball. Know, man. He, he played he ball. Led, he led like, rookies in assists. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. Self-important is not on the court. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about his image off the court. Pop have Pop has never dealt with a guy that had a big image off the court. He was never a fan of that. You know, and uh, I feel, and if, if you did deal with a guy, the, the guy times was are changing. Time. The times are changing. This is what you have to understand. This is what you have to understand. Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzman are 
continuously being ridiculed on social media for their childish antics of going back and forth on one another. They're making diss tracks about one another. Lonzo Ball wants to be a rapper. That's the Lakers. I don't think Lakers pulled him to the side and told him like Lakers pulled him to the side and told him to cool off. I know he was. Also, ahead, I think ahead, it's important to note that Popovich, this might not be even be his problem. He has, uh, reports are saying that he will retire at the latest, or, yeah, um, after the 2020 Olympics, which he's the head coach of. There's, I mean, there's a, this might not even be his team to coach. That I mean, he may have to put up with them for a year, maybe two, and I think that's totally doable. I don't think the Spurs front office would risk just letting Kawhi walk away because for nothing. they're Without worried nothing. that for nothing. won't be able to handle the rapper well, side of Lonzo Ball. Let me, ask, let me ask you a question, though. Let me ask you a question, though. Then, then mm-hmm. it becomes, as a, as, a, as a fan, why do you even care about the Spurs at that point? Because their success is predicated completely well, you upon Popovich. The Spurs. Once, once, once Popovich goes, that team is still going to be the team that you like, I understand, but you cannot expect them to have that same amount of success. Popovich made something bro, the team is changing, bro. Ginobili's yeah, gone, man. Oh. Tony Parker's, man. Come on, man. Like, like, come on, man. Half the guy's gone. Like, like oh. we're about to be gone, bro. Like, like all so the people, that means, like, all the players still, that we like, you, man, like, we're about to be gone. It's about to be a whole new face, like, on that team. This, this, this is my thing. If you don't get a good coach and you don't get, you know, good good guys to go along with it and you don't have Popovich, who's arguably, you know, a top five coach in NBA history, what are you going to do? You're losing a good this value is what I said piece do, of that They game. can't control the fact that Popovich is, has been – Around for so long, and that he's getting old. Like, I mean, they're going to have to deal with this. But then, but then, but then you're going to get into a Knicks type of situation where you got to hire another young guy. Then you got to hire another young guy. Then you got to hire another young guy. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's going like to like, it's gonna be a whole. It's going to be like a rebuilding stage for us, no matter what. It's so a rebuilding stage for us. So, oh, okay, so you're saying that you're there, that you want Lonzo Ball to be traded to the Spurs because you know there's an upcoming rebuilding stage coming without Popovich. Yes. And do you want that kind of? Yes. Do you want that kind of security that says, hey, at least we got good players on the team. We just need to find the right coach. Yes. Okay, okay, that's understandable. Thinking about Lonzo Ball just being, you know, fitting in a typical um, Popovich type of scheme, that is absolutely incorrect. Number one, Popovich doesn't This is what I'm saying, man. This is what I'm saying. Popovich doesn't even usually get players from the U.S. Most of his guys come from the European League. Exactly. That's, that's, that's another thing. But this is what I'm saying, man. His brothers played in Lithuania. Let, Does that count? <laughs> let, Pop, let Pop just have Lonzo, man, for like a little bit, man, and like, Coach them, teach them right, man. And whoever they bring him in, like like the coach, man, like whoever they bring new in, I don't know, man. Hopefully, man, he has like a say in it or something, man. Like, like I don't know. But I just, man, like I just hope, man, we can just get something for Kawhi, man. We just can't let that dude go, man. Like we just can't let him walk. Like we have to get something like for that, man. He he said it, man. Trade me or I'll walk. Like like when he's able, man. Like, man, like we have to get something. We have to. We have to get something for him. We have to. We, like we be. Fooled. It's not like the Lamarcus. It's not like the LaMarcus Aldridge situation of last year. LaMarcus oh, Aldridge man. is a good player, but also that he disappears in the playoffs. Walking sometimes. away from your team isn't the same as Kawhi Leonard walking away from your team. They need to oh, get. Oh yes, yeah. They need to move him. We need a point guard too. Soon. We need a point guard too, man. We try to get Chris Paul that fell. We try to get Kyrie that fell. We need. <laughs> I know. Um, I know Longo isn't like a typical point guard, man. Like he's kind of oversized and all that. But I mean, I don't know, man. We need we need that man. Like we need some like some youth. We need we need it, man. We need it. I'll be I'll be and, to, like. Uh, and I don't think it. for the Spurs, I don't think the perfect trade is to LA. But unfortunately, that's the only team they can really trade with, unless they get a yeah. third team involved. But Kawhi needs a, no one's going to pick up Kawhi on a rental that has young pieces 
that um, except maybe Boston, but I doubt Danny Ainge would pull off or would want to pull off getting Kawhi for just a year. That doesn't seem like his kind of move. Um, so I mean, he has to trade. They have to trade with the Spurs or with the Lakers if anybody. And Lonzo is a piece that can be moved, but it could be like Ingram and Kuzma plus a first round pick and a second round pick or something like that. You know. So what's but the Lakers just have Lonzo's available. So. Like, uh, like when you say available, like, like available, like, like for trade? Is that what you're saying available or what? They, yeah, they haven't said it publicly, but reports are saying that but when we just, yeah, yeah, superstars, yeah, yeah. that all their chips are on the table. No one. So tell so me this. No matter what. So what's the? So what's your honest opinion, like on a trade for um Kawhi? Do we get like uh, long the ball and that's it, or long the ball like in a second or, or a pick or what? Like what do you? What are you thinking for that? Or was it Kuzma goes with the Spurs? Like, what do you think it would, it would be? I think it would be Lonzo. It has to be Lonzo. I don't think the Spurs would take Kuzma. I think, I think as close as it can be to fair, you're not going to get value for Kawhi because the Lakers know, well, we can just wait a year and get him next year if you're not going to take the trade we give you. So the Lakers gotcha. have more leverage, oddly, in this scenario. Um, but I think something that, could, that you could see end up happening – it, involving Lonzo would be Lonzo, um, maybe Josh Hart, um, and I think you need at least two picks. Maybe not both first, but definitely one of them, at least a first-round mm. pick. I think it'll take either Ingram or Lonzo and then another good young player plus two picks um, for a trade to go down. Do you think that's going to happen? Is that is that a, is that 50-50 for you or – What's that? For what? Is it fifty fifty three that 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 happens or what? Do you think do you think Lonzo will be on a different team start um come next season? I don't that's or that being the Spurs I, or whoever. That's a that's a that's a gauging of Magic Johnson's interest in well here's, here's the number one thing with the Lakers. I don't even think Magic Johnson that's Magic was talking about that. I think I think I think Magic Johnson wants to win, but I think that he's mm-hmm. also kind of caught up in being the showman. Like he he really wants people to come out to those Lakers games the same way they did when Kobe was there, and the same way they did when he was there. I think he kind of revitalized the organization and get people some hope in order to buy tickets. And you know, I, I don't think it's all about selling tickets and you know making money and stuff like that. I think he just wants to really put on a good show. So if that's either cultivating Lonzo Ball or that you know making sure that he grabs the tickets and free agents on the market. We don't know, but at the same time, I really do feel like he's going to do whatever the slackest move is. You know what I'm saying? If he can keep mm-hmm. the football, if he can keep anything going on. Meet your max going to cut out like, like a little bit, man. It's just not like... Man, this, you got to stop cutting in the middle of it. It's like, I don't know. Uh, if he can keep Lonzo Ball and he can keep, uh, you know, everybody kind of, you know, there. Now, I mean, if he can keep LeVar Ball and he can keep everybody just on the same page and have that same type of attention, I think he'll do that. But if he can actually make a big splash in free agency, I think he'll do that as well. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have today for the uh, Rising Stars podcast. Thank you for listening, and we uh, thoroughly enjoy doing this with you. Before we leave, we're going to have my boy, who is doing the prayer again? Um, I am. We have to do a scripture, guys. Remember a scripture. Remember we have to do a scripture. Is it scripture? Yeah, is it scripture or prayer? What did you guys do last week? A scripture. A scripture in a prayer, right? Or you guys just did prayer? Yeah, yeah we, we just, just did, did prayer. prayer. Okay. And, okay. Oh, that's fine. We just, we just do a prayer. That's just fine. That's fine. And who was doing it? It was me. All right. So, okay. Uh, I'm going to start from, oh, that's all we have today, guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Rising Stars, right? I'm not saying this wrong, right? It's New Stars. 
My boy said it wrong. I was just saying it wrong. All right, and I'm going to plug it all wrong. So it's at Jackstar Sports on Instagram, at Jackstar Sports on Twitter, and then, um, you know, I'm going to tell them to give us a, a bottle of podcast on Anchor. And this, 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 man, we don't get loaded to app. We don't get loaded to app music, do we? Yeah, we do. Okay, okay, we do. All right. Or not all right. Apple Music, but uh, Apple Podcast. Podcast, yeah, And ladies and gentlemen, that's all we're going to have today for New Stars. Make sure you give us a comment letting us know on Instagram, Twitter, or Anchor whether or not you think Lonzo Ball is going to be traded to San Antonio Spurs. If you think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be traded to the back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or if you think that you know Messi and Ronaldo and all those types of guys in soccer could be able to take it all the way this year. Like I said, make sure you follow us on all of our Instagram and uh, social media outlets, and make sure that you're tuning in to hear the latest news of sports. We're going to give it over to Lee to say a prayer to you know get us out of here, but. We just want to say thank you all for listening to our podcast. We thoroughly enjoyed you, and now we want to hear back from you. All right, yeah, guys. Um, just want to let you uh, guys know that we love you guys, and we're praying the best for you. And, um, yeah, let's uh, close out with a prayer. Father God, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for this time of fellowship. Thank you for this time of knowledge, Father God, sports knowledge that we're just able to, like, like learn just learn from each other, Father, each sport that we uh, enjoy, players that we enjoy watching. Father, I pray that you just allow us to continue to have wisdom, Father God, and everything we do. Bless our weeks, Father God. Bless our jobs, our relationships with our families. Bless us with our girlfriends, if we have any. Or just, just bless everyone, Father. Just bless people's health, Father. I pray that you just bless everyone here, Lord, and just continue blessing their families. And everything that we do, Father God, because it's not easy, Lord. I pray that you just bless us and you keep us. Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.